Hello, spacers. Welcome to Starlight, a space opera. I'm Isaac, your host and GM for the adventures ahead. This show, whether you're watching or listening, is a labor of love, and one that we want to make the best for you. So if you can, take a moment to freely subscribe or share however is most comfortable for you. Thanks. Now let's plot a course to Starlight. Here we go. Roll for ignition. We're in. Just like that? Of course like that. You're a bot. You know exactly what happened. The programming, might I remind you, that has changed dictates that I act most like a mortal companion. If you are displeased with my innocence, then it is your fault. Remind me to tone down your sass, Chunks. Wait a minute. Tone down my sass. (sighs) Not now, you chrome wedge. Later, obviously. If it were obvious, I would have waited. I see now why synthetics were built over your lot. Just pay attention. They're getting to the good part. And also, make sure we remain undetected. Especially when I get to the hacking. Obviously. Settling in, the two outsiders observe the newly formed Nobles Alliance as they begin to cast votes on which of them should be elected as king of the new epoch following the downfall of the Triumvirate and the Celestial Federation. Here, in the artificial space created deep within the layers of the starlight, the semi-living web of information that ties all beings with a neural link together is an assembly of five figures, donned in their avatar's image. The scene is that of a warm mountaintop, ringed to one side by snowy mountain peaks, and the other by a great golden delta that rushes far beyond the eye can see. A sward of soft grass carpets the earth, and all stand regally around a pool of clear water, the cherry blossoms caught in its eternal reflection. The figures stand by the pond, a ball of golden light clasped in their hands, as they each prepare to drop them in the pond and cast their votes. First is a man of great proportion, milky eyes, and wings of sleek feather. Above his head floats his emblem, a bassinet helm emblazoned with an eagle's wings. I, Godfrey, partition of Black Fay, and Lord of XR Ward, cast my vote. And thus he drops his ball of light into the pond without so much of a ripple despite its mass. Next comes a slim woman dressed in a gown of white with a train that extends ten feet behind her and exhumes clouds of gold at its end. Above her floats a hammer, a four, a setting sun, and a model that reads, Reap what you sow. I, Elena, patrician of Edlin's, servant of XR4, I too give my light and wisdom. Then comes a figure of blue skin, great muscle and height, white hair that coils into a comely braid, and bearing masses of glittering jewels and wrought archaic armor upon her frame. Above this frost giant floats antlers set into a great snowflake. I, Naldet, patrician of Shabert, leader of XRP, I too pass my voice and counsel onto which I deem is best fit to lead the new universe in these times. Then comes an elf, ageless, genderless, blind and yet sure of foot, 
and of great red hair. A serene peace and power emanates from them like a great furnace, palpable to the eye. Above them flows three flower petals of deep purple, a scrolling sentence inlaid below it, by the spirit, for the spirit. Wordlessly, Ethelwyn, Patrician of Whitewood, and XR2 drops their vote amongst the others. And finally, sitting astride a great warhorse, bare-chested and scarred from seemingly hundreds of battles, sits a stern man. The emblem of a iron scepter held by a gloved hand floating above his head. I, Thomas, Patrician of Silverdale, and sharing noble of XR1, come to join you. I, too, give my final choice, so that we may have a leader in these tumultuous times. And with the final drop of his golden light into the pond, the decision was had. It came neither as a subtle whisper or daring scream. The water shimmered once and grew a slow dark, casting the likeness of the one the noble alliance had all voted for. Before them, the visage of Thomas Silverdale shone. Invisible to the nobles, Rimrat and Chunks observed the swearing of Felty to their new leader, the once Chancellor Silverdale, turned King Silverdale. Words were had, promises given, and slowly one by one all logged off until all who remained was the new king and the two intruders. Rimrat, you may show yourself. Ah, uh, of course, your new lordship. You should not have to say an honorific you do not mean. Well, I do mean it, if you keep your end of the bargain. I accepted their minds. A most difficult task, might I add. Now for... Yes, yes. Not only are the funds available, but as of this day, those of Polyphema will not find me interfering with its black market devices and will face no persecution as once it did in the times of the Triumvirate. Pressure will be exerted of Sood and, and other such substances to keep your demand high. Does that clarify things? Oh yes, of course. My masters will be most pleased. And if that is everything, then I think I too will be logging off with my associate. One last thing. Yes? From my own knowledge, who did the others vote for? <laughs> you really want to know? Okay. You need not worry yourself, Highness. They are all as wickedly selfish and devious as yourself. They voted for themselves, each one of them. Oh, that is good. It will be most easy to manipulate then. Well, farewell, Rimrat. Stars guide you. And he's gone. So, why did you write to him? Patricia and Charbert won that 3-2. Oh, Chromehead. You're quite dull, even for a 14-year-old boy's programming. We have to keep some secrets. Who knows when the Noble Alliances might need enlightenment on what just transpired. This gives something to play off, in case a change in management is ever required. Oh. Clever for a user. Alright guys, welcome back to Starlight, this backstage episode, first one of January 2022, 2022. Um, in the studio today, it's actually just me and your boy Nathan playing Atlas. Everyone else either got sick or was busy, and so you only have us to keep you company. Um, but before we get started and... Uh, you know, have a little bit of banter and 
talk about things that interest us and some of these Q&As that were sent in. Uh, we want to give a quick shout out to one of our season one sponsors, Loki Battle Mats. They actually, um, you've, if you've been a listener of the show, you know that they create beautiful battle mats um, that can you can buy in these great books that are customizable. They have dry erase uh, board basically on them so you can draw on them and change the scenery. But they have just come out with this new Kickstarter um, that has about, I believe it was about a thousand different mats online. So of course you can go and uh, help them out at their Kickstarter and you'll get some some of that yourself and for your online games, which of course you can print those out. Uh, but Loki Battle Mats has been awesome. They really bring an art to your game. And I know they certainly have made running a space opera all the much easier for us. Um, but now, dude, Nathan, how have you been, man? How's your how's your new year going? Uh, it's been good. I've been just uh, working. Um, one thing I've been doing quite a bit now is uh, I've been nerding out on a lot of, uh, for some reason, like D&D builds and everything. I kind of got into, I think I was, I forgot what I was listening to, but I was listening to some YouTube videos and then when I got home, I just went on DD Beyond and uh, started making a bunch of builds. Wait, so I've seen some of those, like, um, those those guys who help come up with builds that are basically, you're looking at like kind of like min-maxing almost, sort of, like how to make the most efficient build? Or? Um, those, but also just ones that are like creative. Um, okay. That was kind of like, I'm more into, I mean... I say that, but uh, also I keep forgetting to use Great Weapon Master when I attack with my weapon. But, oh, darn. Um, yeah. But uh, right now, I mean, my build with Atlas is pretty... I mean, we're only level 6, so it's not really been max, but I mean, it kind of is. Well, um, but, no, I'd say I like a lot of the creative ones. Like, I've been recently really big on making a... Um, I know, I mean, one of the guys did influence it quite a bit on YouTube, but uh, it started out as like a blade singer, like a wizard. Oh, nice. But so it'd be more of like the like melee wizard ish mm -hmm. thing. But then I started looking into other classes because I was like, eh, I don't know if this is really what I want or like the spells I want. And then obviously, like, my favorite element normally is either ice or like lightning and stuff. So I was thinking, like, that's why I meant it's not really min max because. For a lot of the builds I was like making, I've been trying Warlocks. I've tried the Hexblade Warlock. I've tried uh, the Bladesinger builds. I've even tried thinking of like making this like, uh, making something more like mar like a mar more of a martial fighter with just like little hints of magic. Well, almost like the monk of the elements sort of thing, or kind of. Yeah, it's just I've been trying to figure like different builds out, but um. Yeah, so then making a mostly focus on like mo mostly like one element because like that's the thing too is like if you're min maxing you just there's just more efficient spells and mm -hmm. utility ones and also just damage ones that are just always taken. But they just added um, I forgot what book it was, but I'm pretty sure they just added a bunch of like frost spells or something or like cold spells. Dude, we've been literally talking about needing to make ice spells if when the day comes that you play a new character or if Atlas ever need to be replaced. So. That's actually set because that's work off my back. <laughs> yeah. And then I also, though, thought about making, and this comes from my uh, Demon Slayer things and stuff. I don't like the character, but Zenitsu is like, his ability is pretty cool. Like the, he's the, so he's the lightning user. All right. I'm not that far uh, into Demon Slayer, so I'm going to look up what he, he looks like. Oh, no. You, you, you know who he oh, is. Oh, I if do you, know who yeah, he is. Yeah. He yeah, gets yeah. cool. I was gonna say, he's in like the he, third episode. He becomes, okay. All right. <laughs> wait, wait. What part of the Demon Slayer are you on? I'm still, I'm still like early season. Still early season. I think the epi the episode. No, season? no, no. The episode I'm on is when I think that they they literally just got met back up with Zenitsu, and they're going to f face the demon in the house. And the demon's weapon is like the house, and he hits he hits these drums on his body, and it turns the house different directions. Oh, I'm very you are early, super and Zenitsu is literally begging a girl to well, marry him because thing. he's scared of doing his job. Hmm. All right. Well. Hmm. 
<laughs> well, all right. We'll, we'll, re we'll revisit uh, this when I watch Now we can see more. that I watch too much. <laughs> yeah. I, wa I watch way too much of everything. Um, but uh, so basically, though, I also saw like there's a bunch of spells that I could do for like Thunder and Lightning, which I thought would be sick because the Warlocks and Wizards can do it. So that's why I was kind of like either one I could try to make work. Um, but it has like one of them was like the Thunder Step thing where you can like Thunder Step or Lightning Step. I don't know. It's just basically a spell, though, where you can like uh, it's, it's like Misty Step, but it does like AOE damage when you land. Oh, nice. It's also not a I also I don't think it's a bonus action which kind of makes it slightly worse but hypothetically um there's also the new cantrip called booming blade mm -hmm. um so when you hit when you when you can i mean i think you can just use it but when you hit somebody you can make your melee attack and then as your bonus action you cause a booming blade and you like sheath your weapon well this is a description i mean however you want to do it um it like sheath your blade and then like and like crackles with like electricity and like thunder or whatever or like the yeah thunder like pressure and then if they move i think it's like if they whenever they take their action i think it's when they move or something I you like do it now i think damage, it is when they move like, if i remember right um and they have to like succeed yeah. on like a or is it just the turn i think it's just the turn after the effect continues that if they make the choice to move they take damage like it's like they're weighing their odds like this option or this if I remember right. Yeah. 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 So I thought that was pretty sick. And then I was like, alright, that works. And then there's obviously a few other like lightning or thunder spells out there, like so I was like, that could actually be pretty cool too. What well, what do you remember the channels you were depends. watching? Or any of them for this? If anybody wanted to watch it? Yeah. Um Let's just go look at history. Cause like let's watch there are so many people who do YouTube. love to just like shows that talk about the rules or how to make good characters like which oh yeah if i could so this guy i think has a bunch of I, I feel like we've talked about this once or twice so when the day comes that i am a player i love warlocks but i don't think i'm gonna play a warlock unless it's a really serious campaign but i'm i like have a soft spot for the classes that nobody plays because they're so bad and just because like i like the challenge i'm like you know what I want to make a beast master ranger really good or I want to play a thief because thieves kind of like are not that great unless there's a lot of magic items in a game like um, the guy but, but the yeah this channel he has a bunch of channels this is when I was watching it on is like so it's d4 colon uh, D&D &D, deep dive D&D &D, deep dive all right. Basically, yeah. If you typed in just D and D deep dive, I'm pretty sure it'll pop up. I'll throw that down in the show notes as well. So yeah, he goes through a bunch of like just classes and everything else, um, and then like theory crafting, a bunch of stuff. That's where I got the blade singer idea. Now his, I would say, are more like he does it obviously for like the audience for the most part. He's made like other ones too that are more just like he like made a skill monkey one basically in a sense, like just just maxed out like expertise in like everything. Um, now combat related though he's it, the character wouldn't really be the greatest. Um, no, they're they're your but, for anything outside of combat. They're your go-to yeah. character. So. No door lock or trap will ever bother mm -hmm. you. Um, the, also, the, wait, hold on, I don't want to go to back. The DM, the <laughs> I, I the door thing is so funny because I don't know if you. I'm really excited for Critical Role's um animation to come out. Just from what I saw, like, mm -hmm. I don't know if it'll be, like, crazy serious yep. animation like some of the animes we like, but I, like, their teaser trailer was them trying to open a door, which for anybody who watches Critical Role, like, mm. literally they can kill gods, but they still struggle at the highest level with opening a door. And that was, like, still in, 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 the, in the episode. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. So, yeah. That's, like, a running joke. It's like an actual thing that's stuck to him now too. It's like anytime it's a door, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like the actual challenge. <laughs> like, it's not like the bosses, the demons, the monsters, nothing. They, they but the door, <laughs> like there's nothing they can do to the door. No, no, you know those doors, like they're they're made of a uh, harder, hardier stuff than Vecna. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's um. 
But yeah, it's been cool. I've been like, so I've been nerding out on a lot of that kind of stuff. Nah, that's awesome. Uh, but I've been enjoying it. I'm thinking, I don't know. I'll probably go. I'll probably go with a warlock, a melee warlock, just because I feel like a lot of people don't do that. They usually just, I mean, warlocks are known for just Elders mm -hmm. Blasting. That's all they do. Um, but I'm thinking, I, I just have a huge amount of ideas. I, I'm not going to take the whole, uh, this whole Q&A for my uh, nerd outs. Now, you know what would be cool is if you like put some of your like character creation ideas since you've been doing this like sent them to me and i could like put them out as like things that people to share with people like ideas like obviously you don't have to put like everything in there but like be like mm -hmm. oh, this is what i'm thinking would be cool that'd be kind of i feel like some people might like that that might be cool i gotta hold it oh yeah definitely for most of them that i've done i think i'm gonna have to hold one back though because i'm not gonna i can't have that one stolen i need to that's that's the warlock of it i'm like i've been like tweaking it going through like feats going through different mixtures it's just it's been a so it's definitely one you want to use in a game eventually for oh, sure yeah, yeah yeah okay oh yeah no it's i'm putting a lot of like thought into this one hmm. now yeah it'll be interesting i think it's just i just need to make sure it works and i don't just i'm not just like i want to i don't want to be min max but i don't want to be useless right like that's the that's the that's the hardest part. right and sometimes when you get so far into just role playing you could sometimes end up useless <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah you get the useless character who's just like oh really good at talking i mean yeah they're they're a cool character but they have a cool backstory they're like pretty sick cool Which, theme oh wait they do no damage they can't open doors and they're not so i got i got something for you i don't know if you you've probably heard of this this is the first time i heard of it this is something that was in the news right. and it's apparently there's mm -hmm. this woman who is selling her farts in a jar and she's making thousands upon thousands of dollars. Bro, what? Yeah. No, I did see that. She actually went to the hospital too. She, Wait, she went to the hospital for, for trying to, she was trying to like only eating foods that would make her more gaseous. And then it's something I forgot. I forgot the details, but yes, yeah, she supposedly like went to the hospital because of something that went wrong with her like digestion or something okay see so that's where she messed up she was making mm -hmm. enough money to scale this business all she needed to do was hire like four 12 to 13 year old boys to fart for her in jars and yeah, yeah. And no one had to know also what is that like if she's making thousands right what does that say about society like i'm not gonna go into <laughs> that but like who's gonna buy a fart okay like are you serious? Like, I don't get me wrong. Like, I remember when the whole, uh, what was it, gamer girl bathwater was a thing. Oh, it's so gross. And it's like, and people are, it, that instantly sold out. That, I could at least see. I mean, I don't want to buy either of them, but I could see that more than buying someone's fart. But well, sure, you could, you could drink the bathwater. People did. Was, no. No, no really? I saw videos of people. Yeah, people are really drinking. Ugh. Oh, that's that's and I was that's just, nasty. I was just like, why? Okay. Like on a how how hot does a girl have to be for you to be like, yeah, you know, she put her butt on that and farted into it. I'll sniff it. Just how hot? Hell no. No, there's no <laughs> amount of hotness. <laughs> <laughs> no, a fart. No, like, like, don't get me wrong. I might be more open to doing some weird shit, depending on the hotness level. But not. I am not putting my face in nobody's fart. Like, that's just not. No. <laughs> like, I, that's just. I mean, enough. I get. There's no enjoyment. It's not even like a kinky thing. Like, I don't understand. I, okay, so, and there's only one. There's there's one other thing too. It's like. We've all, everyone's done a Dutch oven once. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then okay, fine. You're a better human being than me. But when you, when you fart and you pull that blanket up over whoever's head you're trying to prank, that stuff stays, right? So I, I believe that the <laughs> fart stays in the mason jar or whatever. She's sealing it in for a while. But how ripped off do you feel if you get this and you open it up and there's no smell? 
You can't sue. Then she sends you a... No, because then she sends you a message saying that... Oh, yeah, I just... Girls' farts don't stink. Oh, that's true. So it's a win-win for her either way. Yeah, it's a win-win. But, I mean... Hey, I'll give her credit, though. I mean, here's the thing. I've seen a lot of stuff because I'm a nerd. I watch Twitch a lot. I watch other things. But, like, I see YouTube and stuff. There's a lot of ways... I mean, it's... 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 it's Whoever's buying it or whatever is mm. on fault. But I, I'll give her credit. She was actually, I mean, she went to the hospital for it. Like, she was actually trying to give these men their money's worth. <laughs> like, I'll, I will at least give her kudos on the fact that she wasn't even faking it. She was at least trying Dude. that she went to the hospital just so she could fart in more bottles. <laughs> I know you don't have to eat beans to fart. But I, that's just what I'm imagining is she's just putting down pounds of beans. Just pounds. Oh, yeah. She only, she'd only, I think she had like looking up what gives you like what foods make you the most gases, like gaseous. And she just kept only ate, only ate those with no other nutritional value, like nothing else. She just ate until she became a gas ball herself. Mm hmm. And then, yeah, her something went wrong and she went to the hospital. <laughs> oh, also, she probably went to the hospital too, probably just because she was trying to force out farts when she couldn't fart. And she probably gave herself a hernia, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a scaling problem, right? Like, she needs to hire 13-year-old boys. I, and yeah. and I, I know that sounds really weird, but, you know, I can't think of anyone smellier than 13-year-old boys. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know what the next thing is going to be. First it was bathwater, now it's farts. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of, it's honestly, it's sad to me just because like, sadly, I'm not whatever enough to sell my I just don't, I feel money. like it's so skewed to like, girls are doing this, you know? So like, I feel like us guys, we got to bring back the patriarchy and we got to like step in on this. Like maybe we can sell beard hairs in a jar, you know? Like, we can't get left out, man. We can't get left See, out. that's the thing, though. It's the mark. It's supply and demand, though. The market's not going to want no Dude, beard hairs. my beard isn't going to sell anything. <laughs> Dude, that's how that's I'm saying. Like, see, like, if... Honestly, the market today... Maybe in the future it'll change. The market today is if you're hot and you look nice... You can sell almost anything that comes out or on your body. Like, like it's just, and then you, I mean, hey, if you own up to it and you do your business, then that's that's you. The why, you know, yeah, it's true. Hey, that's my biggest thing. As long as you like, if you know what you're doing and you're doing it for money or your own, I don't know, happiness, then it's, it's be it. Capitalism is fine now. The guy's buying farts, though. I have no respect. <laughs> okay, okay. There is not for a thousand, like however much she was charging. There is one situation where I would buy her farts, and it would literally be, and I, I wouldn't. Even, I would just do this myself. I would just fart in it myself. But it would literally be to like as a prank gift to someone. Like, oh yeah, open the jar. But she's charging way too much money. You can just yeah, I know. The, you just get I know. I'm just saying spray. that's the only way I would do it. I'm not saying that's like, what I would do. Like, <laughs> uh, hey, hey, that's five dollars my buy max, dude. Five dollars my max. <laughs> I'll give you some. Hey, that's, you're making a killing if you're making five dollars <laughs> no, 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 off a fart. Gotta, so, yeah, at least cover I, shipping. <laughs> anyways, uh, before this gets to it, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's try to right, talk about right. more so, D&D in this part. Jumping in, um, <laughs> let's see this q a is taking place let's see after pretty much yeah the entire uh osmarian arc finishes with the capybara bay and you guys get to announce your 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 group name squad luma which is actually a really sick name um so we're going to be going through a little bit of that which i think is awesome now sam couldn't be here but i think we should lead off with one of the thoughts that he had and that one was for you and he he writes in considering the trauma atlas went through at the end of season one 
and the adventure that we just had, would you say he's back to normal or does he have some things to work through emotionally? I would say that I'd say he's not completely back to normal. I'd say he's obviously the time that he like spent with the machine and whatnot. I think that he's I think he's dealing with it, but he's not like I would say he's not fully back to normal. He still has some stuff to deal with, but it's not as extreme as mm, before. Mm-hmm. Also, plus I think it makes it easier, and that's why kind of I think that's why with his whole life he's been kind of absorbed with just like assignments or missions is because if he just stays busy, then he has like he doesn't have to like sit there and like ponder any of it. Right. Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense. So. Do you think that you see him almost wanting to gravitate towards doing things as like moving things along so that he doesn't really have to ponder things all that much? Like I know like a few days here or there for him, you know, isn't that probably can't be helped, but do you see him like wanting to like be like, okay, like when's the next mission or what we like that sort of attitude? I'd say, yeah, he's just trying to keep himself busy for the most part. Just so he just doesn't start thinking about it too much. It's, so weird how when you really like dive into your character like i know you guys have um how you start to actually really mimic and do things that like are like that happen in real life and how because like i know people and i've done it myself where like you know you're down and so you, you just you medicate by just moving on a little bit you know just trying to keep busy and i don't know that i don't really have a place where i'm going with that but i think that that's really kind of a cool that you've thought that through and that's how you're kind of moving with him so by the way wait what before i forgot um not to i don't want to spoil it though because if people haven't are not caught up with critical role i'm just gonna say this is I have no proof. I have no idea. But I'm hoping and also it's just super coincidental that I th- I feel <laughs> like <laughs> and this is gonna some people might hate me for saying this, but Matt, you know uh, Matt Mercer? Yeah, 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 yeah. So in the show, there's been a couple of things that Without spoiling, because obviously I don't know if people are caught up, but like, that remind me of uh, Starlights, some like p- parts in Starlight that are like very like close. Really? And obviously we can talk about that later if you want, but like, I'm not going to spoil for anyone else that hasn't caught up with Girl Girl, but um, there's been like a couple things where I'm like listening at work or something or on my off time and I'm like, wait a second, like... Why does that feel like I was like, why does that seem so familiar? Like, why is that exactly the same? And then, so it's, it's just, I think it's personally and logically, I know it's like just coincidental, I'm pretty sure. But the nerd side of me is like, oh, Matt Mercer listens. What if he <laughs> so, does, though? What if he yeah. does? <laughs> that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. But no, it's like, it just was so funny. I was, I just popped in my head when we started talking about it. You know, earlier because you you had brought up something mm-hmm. and i was like wait that was also said in critical role like because it was just yeah obviously i'll go over yeah. later but I'm, yeah I'm, it's before i forgot it i'm was, curious to find out what it is because i think this is where i felt good is like we record months or like weeks and months in advance so anything that you guys listen to it's already like happened for us in terms of like just the raw gameplay but there, I, th- I can't remember what it was, but there was something, I think it was like, maybe it was a name or something that was like exactly the same. And I remember thinking, damn it, that was ours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just going to say, cause obviously yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. This would be months in advance probably. So there was a group named Luma. Yes. Or like, or something Luma in critical role and i was like when it, when he said it i like rewound it because i was just like what <laughs> I, I i had that same thing i was like i can't believe it i was like oh. you're right it's probably coincidence I was just like wait but a what second if? 
Yeah, I was like, wait a second, what the heck? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was also like, I was a little mad. I was like, I was like, oh, now it's gonna be associated with that. Dang it. <laughs> They're gonna think that we took it, but there's like yeah. no, we were first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but but by the time, but, yeah. Anyways, anyways, let's move on. Let's move on. I'm turning into a grumpy. That's so funny man. when I heard that though. Yeah. Alrighty, I have a question for um, Sam. Also for you. Um, end of season two, first arc. As the DM, how do you feel? Man, I'm pretty pumped about it. I I thought it was really really good. I thought that everyone had fun. I had a blast. And in, if we're comparing if we're comparing it to the first uh, start of season one, it was so much better. Um, in terms of like how it how it came out to you guys as the listeners, obviously for us it's pretty much been the same in terms of like the playing. What's been hard is translating the sounds, you know, learning how to to do this the the audio work and how to get the sounds to translate well through the mics you know upgrading some equipment um but i i just thought overall like it was a great way to jump back in um and i think yeah i think i don't really have too many thoughts about it you know i'd be curious to see what you what you thought of the of the first arc nathan but you guys all seemed like you had fun and that was like the most important thing to me and 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 then having unlike in season one having the ability for you guys to pretty much get very close to complete like autonomy in the sense that you didn't you don't necessarily have like a thing that you have to go directly to right after now obviously you guys have to go to do you guys are going to do this test but there's not like the in season one where it was like this pressing mission of like we need to find the sun maker so we you know that in the in a sense i think that kind of felt like maybe it railroaded you guys a little bit um which was okay you know i think railroading's fine especially in establishing but i like i like the options and the opportunities that this left open for you guys and i think that it it create we got such a rich a really rich world out of it and rich rich a rich look at your guys's characters so um just to kind of go off of that um for you also, because it has to do kind of with like season two. Um, Corny was asking, what has been your favorite moment thus far? <sighs> okay. My favorite moment of season two. That, that's a, it's a good question. I think Honestly, probably, probably, um, when you guys defeated the Capoeira Bay, simply because it was, a it was a really fun, short dungeon to go through. It was, there was a couple different ways to solve it. Um, and it, it was a really, I thought it was a really good challenge for you guys to kind of like figure out, you know, what's going on here. Um, and we got to have like, yeah, we got to have a really fun guest come in. So I think that culminating episode of when you guys, I wouldn't say killed it, but re released it from its basically enslavement or forced servitude was the best moment. I don't know. What about you? Um, I was going to say possibly when I became, uh, I could have used the little gym thing and controlled the seas, but that didn't happen. So, uh, <laughs> everyone wanted to take away from my fun. Well, you know, because I just wanted to survive. You can't, you can't be the best thing all the time. <laughs> just because they want to survive, Alice couldn't be the next Poseidon, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, not say. I'd say probably just. Yeah, it was just a mix of a bunch of things. I think my favorite part of season two is just that, yeah, that we kind of, kind of like you are saying before, we more were able to just kind of explore and kind of do things, and you got to get to know the characters a little bit more, too. Just about, like, socializing or different, like, events like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's been but, a lot of getting to know the characters more that's been really, really good. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and it's hard because like I I really liked. Uh, it's so hard to narrow it down because I really liked the beginning when you guys were. I just started you guys off falling from the sky and having you just, just figure that out. But then also like having Courtney go through that ridiculous moment of like calling the tea shop rats. This is just in that whole drama was super funny. So there's some good moments. I don't, also, are you liking, are you liking Ray more than McKenna? Um, uh, I feel like Ray's, slightly easier to like work with because i the only reason i say that i think is because she has kind of like not i wouldn't say she definitely doesn't have the same mentality as atlas but like a lot of jobs that have to do with like violence there's not really any issues with it mm -hmm. now it's kind of weird for atlas to be the one too but like kind of like the voice of reason in the sense of like all right we should maybe not Go in guns a blazing immediately. <laughs> oh um, yeah, that has been weird. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a little bit of change of pace. But I mean, I say I don't really know. Like I'd say, McKenna was good in her own ways of uh, kind of being like the opposite of Atlas, and then Ray's kind of like I'd say not that like extreme of Atlas, because Atlas does have his moments of being kind of, like, savage, but, like, um, yeah. So I don't really know if either one of them was my favorite, but... Mm. Just different, basically. I will say, yeah, just different, I'd say, yeah. Hmm. i say it, w it is easier, though, with uh, Ray for, like, combat events, like, combat, like, kind of scenarios, because <laughs> it's more... It's more just that he doesn't have to worry about someone behind his back saying, don't hurt them. Or, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like, as you're we getting, should talk. As you're getting shot at. Yeah. Yeah. We we can talk this out. Yeah, Ray's, Ray's slightly unhinged, for sure. Yeah. And that's the weird part, is that Alice has to be, like, the voice of reason to make sure that you assign... Because Alice... Like, I don't know if anyone's had, like, has been thinking this, but, like... The confusion is that Alice isn't like just a brute. He like he doesn't he just follows like his orders in a sense of like his instructions, and he'll do whatever it takes to get them done. But um, if getting the job done isn't very efficient, then that's where it's like yeah, that's where I feel like the moments were with Ray is like kind of the voice of reason because like if they start something, it may not be as efficient, or maybe it will stop mm -hmm. them from completing mm -hmm. their assignment. Yep. Whereas before you had to get the ball rolling sometimes, and now you're like forced to like do some damage control before the ball goes out of control. So, kind of segueing in with that though, there was another uh, question that actually builds off of what you were talking about, which is th the question was: is you've become quite the leader, and as you've been leading us, you've been put into some interesting predicaments that have more or less tested your leadership abilities. With that said. Do you see Atlas wanting to pursue higher positions of leadership within the Acers? Um, or, like, what's his in-game strategy? Does he even have one, I guess? Atlas does want to be put... Like, perfect example, actually, which is fantastic that you introduced the character. Man, I have these, like, crazy sneezes this morning. Um, I'll let it out, man. No, I'll just let it out. I already let out a ton of them. Um, but basically, uh, what was her name? It's the other... She was part of Kashin. We met in the cafeteria. Her name, her name is. Are you talking? You're you're going ahead a few episodes, huh? Well, so basically, <laughs> but no. So basically, with Atlas higher positions of power, like position of leadership, he doesn't really want to have anything that's above a certain rank. Kind of like in a military fashion of like he doesn't want to sit at a desk. Um, and he's he's more mm -hmm. made for the field, in a sense. Um, so yeah, he doesn't want to get put it. Put it like, he doesn't want to get up to it. And any time you go higher in positions of leadership, especially for an organization, organization like a militaristic organization, you're just gonna be sitting at a desk doing paperwork, mm -hmm. traveling around talking to people. So he doesn't really want to get anywhere that to that position. Now, mm -hmm. as Nathan the player. Right? 
Oh, okay. All right. But there's a way to get to the top. <laughs> like This guy wants to climb the, the ladder. The absolute top. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, no. He So, with position leadership, for uh, Alice himself, he wouldn't really want anything that like puts him at a desk. Now, if he became the head of the Kashin, then, uh, who knows? Um, but his endgame strategy is mostly just to... Honestly, just... I mean, it sounds pretty boring. I mean, I don't know if anyone expected more, but he just plans on, like, living out his days, completing his assignments, making sure everyone... Making sure everyone that he, like, has some sort of investment or, like, cares about is taken care of, and then... Mm -hmm. Yeah. He doesn't really have, like, an endgame strategy, though. I feel like that's fine. You just kind of, like, learn it as you go. Plus, I think that that's great yeah. story like just the there's more yeah i don't you know like the whole saying about like great greatness you know you don't greatness finds you or something like that you know your destiny finds you like yeah sometimes yeah some, sometimes the like it's okay we can get a little too into like this vision of what we want our characters to be versus like living it through and and letting them become who they are via the experiences they have not that there's anything wrong with the first one but yeah i think that that's cool yeah so and nathan as a player alice is alice will become one of those myths and legends in starlight the starlight universe that would be awesome i i would love he's that. gonna become one of those guys you know what <laughs> he's gonna become <laughs> he's gonna become <laughs> those like uh what do they call those like he's gonna have these weird like occult worshippers and stuff around the galaxy oh, the legend of the man who turned into the Tarask. <laughs> yeah the Tarask inside a man kind of thing yeah. maybe that would be pretty cool i i do i am trying to keep and compile compile all the notes and then so hopefully one day you know whether it's through like the DMs Guild or Drive Through RPG, you know, I can re we can release this as an actual setting and make that part of the lore. You know, that'd be pretty cool. Yep, it's all it's all good though. Take your time. I need Alice to become the the legend that you'll become. Well, <laughs> I say that right after I said that. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's just living. <laughs> yeah, but that was as Atlas, which, and then that was his which, Nathan. Like for for atlas yeah for atlas he's definitely just and i don't plan on doing anything different but perfect example though right atlas is just doing his own thing and then nathan the player you know with the little what is it called the strings strings okay Whatever. marionette thing yeah there we go but basically i mean alice has already had more than enough epic moments that i'm not gonna tune my own horn but yeah he's had multiple instances where yeah it's just been sick yeah he had he ha he has had some good ones so, so at least for me he's gonna perfect perfect one too was like his glistening moment <laughs> for anyone who's listening yeah. a little spoiler there's more of that so <laughs> uh-huh uh -huh. but um <laughs> no you're right in that he's had a lot of like epic moments he's gonna have more and I think all the other players have had like an epic moment or two, you know. Mm -hmm. Clive has definitely had a lot of epic moments. Ray's newer, so she's only ha had a few. Mm -hmm. But I'm excited to see, you know, a little bit of like what Clive or Ray want to like shine in and and have those epic moments. I feel like I feel like yours, Atlas's, has been these like pretty big dramatic ones. But that's kind of how Atlas, who Atlas is, right? Atlas is like. <laughs> Not in personality, yeah. <laughs> but well, sometimes in personality, but I don't mean in like flamboyant personality, but he's kind of a bigger than life person. And Clive, I feel like his epic moments are obviously going to, there's going to be many action oriented ones, but I feel like his are going to be a lot more like epic in terms of like the choices and self-discovery for him. And then I, yeah. I'm. Re I don't know if you know. I'm really excited for as he un uncovers more of who Clive is or who or what Clive once was. Because I've been like just yeah, I've been laying the little seeds for that for him to follow for a while, and it's just like 
for me, I'm like, come on, follow him. But, yeah. This is obviously just a part of the question. But obviously this is this was for Clive. From Courtney. But in okay. your opinion, I thought this would be interesting. Is, uh... I'm only using part of the question. But what if you had to choose... Like, what if Clive had to choose between Alice and Ray, And who, like, Clive was before? Who do you think he'd choose? From your opinion. Hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've thought about this a bit and I th I could I could see it going either way. I think obviously if we're just talking about the player, I I, I would bet that Sam's going to want to keep Clive figure out a way to try and keep Clive with you guys cuz I think he likes Clive and wants to keep playing him. But how do I how do I put this? I think at this point in your guys's relationship with everything kind of being settled in terms of like there's not this like overarching danger that seems to be looming over you guys if he connected with his past or pasts one of them specifically I could see drawing drawing him away from you guys and having him put the character on the shelf if it were to like pop up right now you know but i just I, I don't i don't see that happening because i think that to get there there's going to be a lot more moments of like the care of you guys like bonding as characters you know and and the other thing too is clive is a synth or well he's he's learning he's a gola and he's looking for who he is and he's learned that there's like at least two different lives past lives memories of people that have been shoved into one body but he's like also showed many times that he's didn't know that he loves to dance but he loves to dance he's learning that he loves to cook which i think he should take the cooking feat honestly or if he can get Heroes Feast eventually, I feel like that would really match his character well. Um, but he likes to cook. And I bring these up because he's becoming his own person. And so at what point when, if he keeps doing that, that's a choice that I'm very curious is like, when confronted with his past, or the lives that are waiting to be discovered inside of him, will he accept it? Or will, because he's, or will he stay the Clive as you guys know because he's developed there's a whole new consciousness of life that's developed in him and that's a whole nother thing that I'm very interested to see what he does so yeah I think it'd be pretty cool to see I don't think this is a uh, spoiler I gotta make sure um hmm what can I ask to see if you'll slip up see if I'll slip up okay <laughs> has Atlas seen or been does Alice, by chance, know? I'm, this is funny that I'm asking for my like, character, but who invaded or who killed the uh, machine leader? The uh, the first initially, Gideus. Mm -hmm. Atlas. This is gonna drive you insane. <laughs> Atlas <laughs> has. Yeah. <laughs> I've already had my own like kind of like in my head thinking like uh oh I'm see now we're going to I want to hear these potentials, potentials ideas you have and if you you know you don't have to go into like why if they're spoilers but okay. I'm curious Yeah I was going to say so, I, mean, I was going to say I can't really go into a huge amount of spoilers but uh in the broad sense of things I think that Wait 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 let me answer your question before we lose sight of it let me Oh yeah yeah so um the answer is Atlas has not run into or met the person who killed Gideus, but he has run into someone who unwittingly pretty much ensured it. Now, does that answer count spoiler episodes or is that just before the, uh, that, that, that counts somewhere between the first arc and the spoiler episodes. Oh, wait, I think I know who it is. <laughs> 
And I also think that it's someone that no one would suspect. I'm so, I'm so not, man. All right. Who I are think your, I know who it is. Who are your guesses? All right. My first guess, I got to zoom in on your face real quick. And, and for the audience, you know, some of these names you might not recognize, uh, but they will be oh, coming no, out recognize soon. This one. Okay. I'll recognize this one. Because you said that they unwill, like unwittedly, like, assured it. I'm going to say Guinevere. Who? You got me. I'm not going to tell you if it's her or not. Come on. <laughs> I know. I, zo I zoomed in on her face <laughs> to see if I could see any changes. How'd it, how'd it look? Handsome? <laughs> you buy a fire oh, from this? Oh, man. I'm just, uh, okay, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> gonna bother me though no. uh, man yeah, that was gonna bother if me if it was though, Guinevere uh, that would break your heart either okay yeah but the thing is you said but the reason I have reasons for it but I'm not gonna go into those details just cause it's spoilers but I think I know it either her or Ray. Ray is, Ray is dangerous you never know what that mechanical rat of her <laughs> no I don't think Ray killed him but I think she would have been with a group that no, Ray ain't killing him. Okay. Yeah, because Ray hasn't really shared <laughs> uh, much of her like backstory all that much with you. That's like thing, that's yeah. That's why yeah. I was like, mm. Mm -hmm. and she found me. I mean, coincidentally, maybe coincidentally. maybe coincidentally. I mean, she did say that they said to find the man. This is the buried the man. man. <laughs> they say to the big man, but the only other one I can think of right now. Who assured it? That it's is rough. tough. Or tough? Well. I mean, the only other person I can think of is Second Don Slauson. But... You'll never know. I'll find out. <laughs> it's probably going to break my heart when I find out. I'm going to stick... I'm sticking to Guinevere, though. So, this one is... What are your thoughts on discovering the egg? Alright. Uh as atlas and as a player and do you know what you intend to do with it i was thought i mean i mean it ran through my head at once and i, th I think i mentioned it at one point too but i've, I've debated on like eating it swallowing it <laughs> but i feel like that would just be a bad idea i feel like i'd just be a massive poop but uh well alice when he like obviously found like when he found the egg and his connection and everything else it's Definitely, I don't know, it's tough to figure out kind of what he wants to do with it because he can either try to investigate it more, try to find some more of like origins and stuff. But at the same time, that also means confronting everything that happened. And it's like he's just, he's basically going to be chasing after the truth in a sense of, uh, or like, but he knows it's true that he just massacred the whole city and has the same thing that killed his uh best friend but well that's interesting because in season one you had even said multiple times that if there was an opportunity to chase that truth not the truth of like what happened mm -hmm. you know at the end of season one but of like the the creature that did massacre mm -hmm. your, your battle buddy and all and basically set atlas on the path he's on you would have went down that in a heartbeat you would that's the thing that would have made you leave the Sunmakers thing and now because of the trauma of at uh, the end of season one the the finale in becoming the tarask you have this thing that and you have like the the data pad with the dragonborn speaking into it and you don't want to go down that road because now it's this dark wound that's just that's crazy <laughs> to me to see that transformation like yeah yeah it's still i think that is something that alice will pursue i think I don't know. It's just something that he's trying to figure out. I am very tempted though to eat the egg. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I have no idea why, but like, just uh, like, swallow it. Not even over medium, dude. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, too though, I'll be honest. It's as annoying as for some like players out there to play with people like me, but a lot of times I just like to know what's gonna happen like kind of like the like the headband thing when we were fighting or the like oh yeah uh, that was circle. a good idea I, I just wanted I, I just wanted to know what it did 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, like, I'm always curious on just seeing what happens and not being, and I don't like, also, Atlas, I don't think is super cautious, but like, I don't like being always like super cautious and doing like 30 different checks to figure out what it is and uh, just put the damn thing on and <laughs> you maybe find yeah, you take a couple later. tries and if you can't figure it out it's fine which actually that was not a bad <laughs> idea that the the diadem would have worked or the headband would have worked if you had had the time to attune to it and basically i don't know if i explained this but it doesn't it's broken now it doesn't matter the capoeira um was actually so so okay I, this is actually kind of fun we did a little quick spoiler before we end here that whole thing was a tomb um it was a crypt and there was you know how there was like the statues and the p paintings of this like regal elf at one point this high elf and then there was these other statues in there that were like on their knees spe specifically in the tr room where like people made offerings and they were like uh, scattered around it and they were they they wore like these almost like um they wore matching like wristbands to the statue that the one that the 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 elf that the crypt was made to like that that statue had the headband um on it basically it had bound it it, it was a it, the magic used from the what was essentially the Ayun stones was used to bind other high elves as slaves because it was a very hierarchical society and the basically it turned them into those beings i mean they all became those beings but it kept them there alive when they should be dead forced to defend the the area that's and so when the other ones died the statues basically broke and um if you had their I think it was in the episode of Tauntaun Secret where you guys basically right after you defeated the Caparabe the first time and made it flee and you guys went down to like where it was like a T-junction right before Ray opened the door and the Hydras came out. There was another door to the east and nobody wanted to go in it because it was like very obvious you needed to go forward. If you had gone into the other room, you would have found the original resting quarters of all of the Caparabe slaves and you would have found the the bodies um of of them like the decomposed like what remained but the circlets and stuff that chained them would have remained they would have been broken um and you guys uh would have basically been able to find clue more clues to that um so yeah it, it was a very cruel device that kept this thing alive for much longer than it needed to be and the reason mm. why it had come to speak a different okay. language was just like the element the the elemental magic infused within it made it more of a water elemental so it gave it that um i think it's like aquin is the language um so yeah it was not a bad idea so could have been could have been now you're just stuck hmm. yeah i could have been beside but wait a second actually did I really need the circlet? I have the the uh the orc thing, the uh all the creatures. Yeah, that was some that's different though. That just that that just summons things. It's a different use of the magic. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can do kaiju battles. Wait, I can <laughs> let them fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's pretty well, funny though. Hey man, unless you got anything else from me, I think that this is probably a probably good. I think we're at about an hour now. So, yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us for this first backstage episode of January. I hope you enjoyed the lore. I hope you enjoyed learning some of the things that um we like doing or news that we found very weird and that that was very insightful to you. Next time, I think we'll have a little bit more of the gang back in the studio, but until then, We'll see you later. See you later, Spacers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon 
at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers. <laughs>